welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay, and this episode I'll be talking about the light novel series, Suppose a Kid from the Last Dungeon Boonies Moved to a Starter Town, by Toshio Sato, published by Yen On, or Yen Press, their light novel imprint. There are currently four volumes available in English, with the fifth due in March. The series is getting an anime adaptation right now. The first episode aired already, and it, that was kind of the impetus for me wanting to talk about it. I'd known about the series, I'd seen various people talk about it or news related to it for a while, and honestly it never interested me that heavily. But I watched the first episode, thought it was pretty funny, and so decided to give the light novels a read, or give the light novel a read, rather. Normally, I try to read everything that's currently available in English for something before I talk about it on the podcast. Just, I don't know, it's like a personal, not a policy, but it just ends up that way where I read everything and then I talk about it. In this case, I watched the first episode and I read the first two volumes and I just started on the third. So I have not read all four volumes that are out yet. I'll probably get to them in the next week. But I feel somewhat confident that, you know, even after just the first two volumes, that I've got the gist and it's kind of plenty to talk about it. In my usual, like, whatever these are, first impressions, discussions, things, they're not reviews. That much I'm, I'm certain of. So yeah, like I said, I watched the first episode, thought it was decently funny. It ended on a cliffhanger, as episodes do, and I was like, eh, screw it. I've got nothing going on tonight, well, the night I read it, and so I just bought the first volume and read it, and the volumes are very short, they're like under 200 pages, and so I knocked out the first two volumes like real fast. But I've been playing a lot of uh, Deep Rock Galactic recently, and so <laughs> I went back to playing that after finishing the two volumes, and I just started the third one today, and it's more like I read the first bit and then was like, oh, I should do the podcast, and then I'm probably going to go play more Deep Rock Galactic tonight. Rock and stone, baby. Anyway, I this series is, to start off with kind of my overall impression here, it's okay. It's pretty good. Like, the sum of its parts are definitely greater than the individual aspects of it, meaning to say it comes together really well, considering, like, what makes up this story. And actually, you know what? Let me back up. Let me read the description of the series to kind of give you an idea of, of what this is about. So here's the description for volume one, at least. Since when is life on easy mode? Lloyd dreams of becoming a burly soldier in the royal capital, but everyone in his village agrees he's the weakest of the bunch, including Lloyd himself. Little does he know, all the inhabitants of his tiny town are absurdly overpowered, and Lloyd is no exception. With brains, brawn, and bewitchery, he has a lethal combo that would put anyone in the capital to shame. Exerting unimaginable strength? You betcha. Casting ancient magic? No sweat. Holding himself in high esteem? Erm, you might need to work a little more on that one. So, realistically, I mean, the title says it all. It really is very apt. Uh, it, even if it's long, it's pretty much the entire basis of what this series is. Our main character, Lloyd is from a town of, you know, super-powered descendants of, you know, former heroes who 
save the world, blah, 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 who live outside this, uh, like, boss dungeon, last dungeon. And they're all, like, incredibly OP, but in the way that none of them interfere with the general goings-on of the rest of the world because they're, like, way too OP. But they also, because they don't interact with the rest of the world, don't know that they're crazy overpowered comparatively. Or at least not all of them know. Lloyd definitely has no idea. And because he is the weakest one from that town, he considers himself weak in general. And the misunderstandings that stem from that are the core of the series. The writing uses a lot of like RPG terms, but this is a straight fantasy, first of all. There is no isekai aspect to it. It's just straight fantasy. And it does not actually make use of like game mechanics or RPG stuff like many other works similar to this do. It, the author just uses uh, like RPG terminology to relate things for us in that way. Or for us, meaning the readers. So you're not going to be hearing about stats. You're not going to be hearing about game menus or admins, or you're not going to be hearing about skills, not, none of that. Yes, there's magic, but I mean, that, that's fantasy, and that's not necessarily a game thing. So in that regard, it's somewhat of a step up in terms of setting. It's not like a lazy, well, let's just make it a, a literal video game with levels and skills and whatnot. So not only is the setting straight fantasy, Lloyd, our protagonist, at least in comparison to all the other side and main characters, is incredibly strong, like super OP compared to them. This is also, well, this also kind of brings up another point in what I was getting at is that this series is kind of greater than the sum of its parts in that this series is very tropey in a lot of ways. Like I would never call this like a new innovative story or this, this story won't do anything new for you. Let me just put that out there. Everything is pretty much incredibly predictable. It's very straightforward. The characters are often, or not often, but just straight up are various archetypes. And I'll get into those in a bit. But it's written in a way that makes you not mind that. Honestly, the, the writing style reminds me a little bit of Funa in that it's very breezily written. And with the third-person narration and often the author uh, himself like poking fun at the characters or the, the situation in the narration. There's quite a bit of humor to be had there. The main shtick of this series is simply that Lloyd has absolutely bottom barrel self-confidence, none at all, but is incredibly strong in comparison to like the rest of the world. And nothing anyone you know says or anything he does will convince him otherwise, essentially. A lot of the humor does revolve around Lloyd's lack of, we'll call it common sense, with regard to the rest of the world, because he's grown up in this, you know, crazy OP village full of essentially like superhumans. And so his perspective is based on that. And he assumes it's the same the rest of the world over when it's absolutely not. And all the other characters are constantly like freaking out over him. And so that kind of brings me to the bit I was saying that this series is very tropey. And while it is tropey, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So 
you know, one of the big tropes is that Lloyd is incredibly overpowered. He's just stupid strong. Another one is that he's like a very dense kind of oblivious character with regard to like people around him in terms of their thoughts about him, which leads into he's steadily building himself a harem of girls who fall for him, as well as a stream of, you know, characters who want to be his student. And that he just ends up stumbling into plots that could threaten to, like, you know, overthrow a kingdom or end the world, that kind of thing. So on the surface, there's just a lot of incredibly recognizable aspects of this. And like I said, this is not anything you're going to come out of thinking like, wow, that was really unique and interesting. You're just going to think like, yeah, that was all right. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. It's a snack. This isn't going to be your like main meal. The quick, you know, 200 pages and under or so per volume series that you're just like, eh, yeah, you know, you don't expect great things, but you're just like, yeah, that was that was nice. That was fine. So part of that comes from Lloyd himself. And I know I've been kind of jumping around talking about different things, but we'll just we'll start with the characters and then we'll get into other stuff. So Lloyd himself is actually, at least in my mind, a better, not better, but like him as a protagonist works in this series because maybe the best way to describe him is like an innocent, cute puppy, but also a puppy that could like, you know, kill you. I don't know. Maybe there's a good analogy here that I'm missing, but he is really like this puppy in human form. He's incredibly sweet, innocent. He's endearing, hardworking, and very straightforward. And in general, like his character stick is that he's entirely unaware of how strong he is because of his like warped perspective on, well, the world. It's not warped necessarily, it's just that's how it is for him. And so a lot of his, like the misunderstandings and the confusion and the humor comes from his like misunderstandings based on his low self-confidence. And so he's not stupid or he's not just like pointlessly dense where he just doesn't get things and he definitely is like striving to be better himself not necessarily in the way that everyone else gets like he wants to be stronger in terms of people from his village whereas everyone else is like uh you're like the craziest thing we've ever seen and what this also leads to is that you know because he was the weakest in his village he's taken up hobbies like cooking and cleaning and and he's become like really great at those using magic to even like crazy advanced magic to do it in some cases, which at least to him, he's like, no, this is like the bare minimum. Like this is all I can do. And everyone else is like, what? You know, he's using crazy ancient magic to like clean off dirt from a table or like stuff like that. And so at least when you look at him in comparison to like other light novel protagonists you know the the self-aware ones the the like smug ones or the incredibly dense ones who just like will never un like get what's going on he's at least somewhat like you you want to root for him because he's just this little puppy dog like there's really nothing to like hate about him in that regard and then you come to the various side characters and what becomes like his building harem you have uh marie who he ends up living with in the big city who is actually the like former apprentice of the chief of his village who herself is 
this like the, another trope the lolly grandma like the old you know the crazy old but looks like a child character but is also stupidly powerful alka that's her name so you know she's a walking trope in that way marie is kind of like an older sister type character to lloyd then you have some characters he ends up meeting in the city ellen who through various circumstances ends up becoming a singularly obsessed yandere for him so plus one to another trope then you have uh riho who is kind of slow to come aboard the lloyd train but gets there eventually and they all have their quirks and and I, I do think there's slightly more there than them just being like tropes but well there's more there like marie is not just like the older sister type but she's kind of your straight man in the comedy duo where she's always trying to inject some common sense into things or react to things that alka does or that lloyd does or she just makes like comments to herself which you know is to us the readers about how like ridiculous the things they do are riho herself has a fair bit of common sense in comparison to the others she's like a mercenary character but the heart of gold style who tries to act like tough and out for money but is really a good person selen is like the daughter of nobility who was cursed who lloyd kind of incidentally saved and so she becomes obsessed with him and there's enough humor on like all of these various combinations and interactions with all these characters oh and then you have alan who is a son of a noble who is kind of antagonizing selen a bit at the start but he's got his own issues and he's he's kind of like the meant to come off as the not stuck up but like proud noble son who's proud of his strength kind of thing so like i said the characters they're mostly various archetypes that you recognize but they definitely add to the humor of interacting with lloyd or reacting to things lloyd does the only kind of thing i'll say is that your mileage will vary on alka the lolly grandma village chief i think she can be pretty funny at times but she can also be pretty cringy maybe is the best way to put it for people she's definitely a character you're going to either not mind or you, you might hate and of course volume two and three introduce more and more people but i don't need to like go through an exhaustive list here because the general formula doesn't change the setting of this story is kind of your typical fantasy world where there's monsters and demon lords there's magic it's in this like somewhat i wouldn't call it medieval it's it's not medieval because they're discussing like trains in volume two i'm not really sure where to place this like technologically in terms of setting but i do think like overall you know it, it's pre-gun era so i don't know it's, it's whatever is in between like medieval and guns or maybe that's not even true it's just kind of a fantasy setting so it doesn't really perfectly relate to our world because of things like magic the only thing i'd say that is like unique ish about the setting is the fact that there is indeed this village of descendants of former heroes that lives at like the edge of the continent that essentially protects the world from like demon lords and shit and that or like 
catastrophe or natural disasters, that's the only time that they like step in, but not necessarily knowingly, but at the like behest of the village chief Alka. They all think they're just living like normal lives as villagers, generally speaking. Well, I don't know about all, but like a lot of them do. We haven't really interacted or seen in the story so far very many people from the village. So, like I said, nothing new there. It's a fantasy world. And kind of moving on from that, we, we have the writing. I mentioned that I think the, the writing style reminds me a little bit of Funa, in that the volumes are short, the dialogue and the narration is quick, and has quips within it from like the author. The narration, or not the narration, the dialogue between characters has a lot of the kind of classic Japanese comedy duo of like Boke and Skomi, or the like straight man wise guy kind of comedy setup that's classic to Japanese like manzai. Although it, it's less Boke and more just like obliviousness. And like Marie or Riho frequently play the, the straight man in a lot of the scenarios where Selen or Lloyd play the kind of bokeh in various ways. Although, generally speaking, everyone plays the straight man to like Lloyd's shenanigans at some point. Or Alka, she's also kind of the character that Marie has to constantly talk down from destroying the world. And so, like I said, the, the dialogue often has a lot of like quips. The narration pokes fun at the scenarios of the characters somewhat frequently, actually. And it's written in third person, which also means that this novel isn't from any singular character's perspective. It definitely like moves around and follows different characters at different times. And it's it's clear, like I said, that the in this case, the, the narrator's voice is generally just the author. But, you know, compounding all that, that kind of reminds me a bit of Funa. And I quite enjoy Funa works as being these, like, perfect, easily read, bite-sized novels that are enjoyable. And this series has a lot of that to it. So while the characters are tropes, a lot of the situations and the story is predictable, the actual writing and the execution of the jokes, to me at least, bring this to be like better than it sounds. It's enjoyable enough. I know that's not necessarily like a ringing endorsement, but like I've enjoyed the first two volumes. I'll probably continue reading them. Well, I say probably, but like I already bought the third volume and so I'll be reading it. So I'll continue reading it as just this like, you know, quick snack of a light novel, essentially. I'm not going to think too hard about it. And, you know, I know at least in terms of like food diet, you don't want to eat too many snacks, but with books, I don't really mind. That's what they're there for, to entertain me. And so if it entertains me for a short period of time, what else am I really asking for? You know, I don't need every book I read to blow me away. And since, you know, I myself got into this via the first episode of the anime adaptation, I thought it was pretty well done. It's very condensed, having now read, you know, the novel or the first volume. The events are, like, incredibly condensed in that episode, which is very normal for light novels. And so, I'm, I'm obviously, I can't get into 
you know, the differences between the light novel and the anime in terms of like the full season, since literally only the first episode is aired so far. Just know that it is incredibly likely to go the standard route for light novels or light novel adaptations in that, well, standard, but it's not going to be bad. It's probably like, I thought the first episode was enjoyable and was decent enough. So as a standalone, it's probably going to be fine, but you will get more out of the light novels. I may or may not eventually end up doing an episode about the anime adaptation once it's complete. We'll see if it's if it's something I feel like talking about when it's over or not, like independently, separately. But at least based on the first episode, I don't think it's as, I don't want to say bad, but like low tier as something like By the Grace of the Gods was last season. I'm hoping it doesn't go off the rails in the way that like, Abilities Average did in the anime version, but at least based on the first episode, it's a it was it seemed like a fairly serviceable adaptation. I thought it was funny enough that I bought the first volume, so there you go. Anyway, I think I'm starting to ramble, so let's wrap this up. This episode was about suppose a kid from the last dungeon boonies moved to a starter town by Toshio Sato, published by Yen On or the light novel imprint for Yen Press. There are four volumes available now in English, and the fifth volume is due to release in March. So if you're interested in it, well, just go Google it. You can buy it wherever you buy books. If you watched the first episode of the anime or have already read the novels, let me know what you think about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So thanks for listening. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay for updates. And please, if you like Docupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you can't leave a review there, do it on Apple Podcasts. Every review helps other people find the podcast. I'll catch you next time.